Well, this next one is for Joe. Uh, who was in more shock, Ooh. Meredith or Joe, when you realised what uh, had happened to Potentia's familiar? Oh, why would you bring that back? <laughs> that was awful. I think it was me. Yeah. It was 100% yeah. me. Yeah. It was 100% you. I felt so bad, mate. Like, <laughs> I got an apology. <laughs> I had to send her a message going, I'm so sorry. And Kate was like, okay. I'm acting. <laughs> it's called it's called acting, darling. <laughs> I felt so bad. I think oh. um that was such a pure moment because um <laughs> because Joe just mechanically had no idea that would happen. Nah. You know, like I yeah. I, I obviously, you know, waiting for my turn and just listening, I was like Oh no. <laughs> don't do that. But the thing is, we don't, um, uh, you know, I, I, obviously less now, but Joe is the sort of. Um, Baby's first campaign. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Joe, yeah, yeah, Joe yeah. is sort of the lens for any of you listening who've never played D&D. &D. Exactly. We, I'm the one who asks questions like, what does, what does CR mean? <laughs> yeah. And we, we never, um, there's a lot of instances where uh, Joe is planning to do something that just mechanically doesn't make sense, no. and we never we never prevent that from happening because um, I just think it's more fun that way. Like I know there, there are moments where, like you know, Joe has attempted to like. I think it was really early on when um, she. Uh, oh, when I tried to charm the shirt off somebody's back. Yeah. 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 yeah in the like, orientation I day, that was like a. Um, uh, when the the commoner who was sort of stabbed by the ghost and, oh, yeah. you know, the healing spell, like, I, I'm like, well, commoners only have four hit points, you know, and they were already, like, back to full health, I think, because Harold had, yeah. had sent them a healing word. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm just, that's fine. Uh, and, and, and I think it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's fun to let Joe just explore the game. Yeah. Naturally, I think because that's really how fun. all of us find out, and I think it would be. Yeah. Um, I think this is my advice: yeah. if you are playing with a new player, um, unless it's ridiculously stupid, like <laughs> I'm, I'm talking, just like really would ruin like the fun of the game. You know, yeah, yeah. like it, un like unless it would really ruin the fun of the game, just let people make mistakes and then explain mm -hmm. afterwards, kind of like, oh hey, that's kind of because yeah. I think it's just more fun. I think if you're constantly trying to like. You know, you know, like imagine playing, imagine getting Skyrim, but having someone over your shoulder constantly saying, "Oh no, go that oh, way instead." Like, yeah, that, that, no. that would really suck. So, that's yeah, my advice. If you're, if you have a mix of experience in new players, just let new players play. It's play playing. Play. You're yeah. playing. Unless you know. I am about to make a really stupid decision where Meredith will legitimately die, because I think I will actually cry if that happens. Um, <laughs> Don't think, tell me. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I, I'm very good at doing the, are you sure? Yeah, mm. <laughs> you are. And then I'm like... You can certainly try. Uh, the, what yeah. am I doing? I, I think also in that particular instance of, of the familiar going poof, um, I knew it was going to happen yeah. eventually. Yeah. I just wasn't sure yeah. when. Um, 
because that's how familiars work. Yeah, yeah. they've got so little HP. They're so, and especially well, a flying like, after familiar. Well, you guys like, it to me as well, I was like, oh, well, actually, that's not such a big deal. But at the time, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's it's financially not not a big deal, no. but it is like the basis of her research. So Meredith having that reaction is not a bad play. Yeah. No, but, not at all. But um, I think but it was mechanically, certainly mechanically. Yeah. Yeah. It it was certainly something I was waiting to happen. Yeah. yeah. It just was great yeah. that it was you and your pure shock. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah. It's like, oh no, I killed your best friend. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yes, you have, but also, I come for money, it's fine, we'll work it out. (laughs) (laughs) My PhD stipend ain't going to cover it, but like, we'll get Mm. there. Well, we uh, we just got very cashed up from the the book retrieval, so. Yes, I need to adjust my... um... Well, d- did we? I don't that. have any of that money yet, so good for you all. <laughs> well, currently Harold has it all. Um, yeah. But uh, we haven't had chance to distribute it uh no, no i feel like right now yet, knowing what so. i feel like right now knowing what's happened to us so far um probably not gonna need it for a minute yeah you might also yes. unless you are carrying it on your person harold you may have some difficulty dividing it up at the moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> spoilers spoilers yeah spoilers dividing dividing it up and conquering mm. uh all right uh, uh, so we learned that meredith is a doctor um what yeah. kind of doctor did she what? train to be uh just a gp Basically, well, no just, no just, no, 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 but no like, just. yeah, I'm sorry, not just. Um, no, she's a general practitioner, so she's basically just finished. What in my brain, and I don't think this is spoilers, she decided that she wanted to be a doctor. Um, she really enjoyed um, playing music for her patients and like exploring all of that kind of side of it, but realized that it was very like all of the materials and things that were made for doctors was very one sided and very like all people specific. Um, and so she wanted to try and change that. So she decided to do social science research instead. Sorry, I'm laughing because half of my family are doctors and we're all immensely tall people. <laughs> so the idea that doctor coats, like that long coats are made for tall people yeah. is just, yep. 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 Yeah. She had to do a lot of hemming. <laughs> She's got sewing skills, good to she know. She does, yeah. <laughs> So here's one again um, for Joe. Uh, Meredith appears to be determined to get that magical mandolin. How far is she willing to go to save for it? Uh, will she cut back on her food budget if it would? <laughs> no, never, <laughs> never, never, never. There are some things she will not compromise on. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think we're anywhere close to being able to afford no, that. No, right? not even I mean, a little bit. We'd have to slay a dragon or something, I think, Pretty at this much. point. Slay a dragon and then deal with the logistics of getting that horde back. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Note to self, purchase bag of holding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Note to self, invest in better mage hand. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some spells that let you sort of squirrel stuff away, but yeah, it's pretty advanced. Um, Note to self, get stronger, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, actually, this is kind of an interesting one. How did Harold and Meredith enjoy their brief amount of time in the ethereal plane? Would they like to travel back there uh, in a safe way next time? Oh, this is taxing my memory. 
I, I mean, I don't know if you had time to really experience it Not and, really, and hey. quote unquote enjoy the ethereal plane. You were like, Running oh, we're in a place spiders. with with phase spiders uh, yeah. and trying to get back to the, your friends in the material plane. Yeah, and it wasn't Harold almost got, um, he almost traveled to the, the deep ethereal. So, like, there was a lot of stress involved. For- yeah, and I, I think um, because of the way the ethereal plane is, um, it isn't really somewhere, this is speaking on a meta level now, it isn't really somewhere that mortals would want to visit. Um, and really, the, the ethereal plane, uh, mechanically in D and D, at least for the most part, is is a utility plane. It's a place where you can exploit, right? So there are certainly potions that let you travel through the ethereal plane, which for rogues and stuff is like oh, so good. <laughs> uh, you know, you can literally There's a spell I want. Yeah, you can literally just travel through the ethereal plane and then sneak attack. Uh, I may have done that in another game. Uh, so yeah, it's um, but it's not really somewhere you want to spend long amounts of time. It's not like um, getting lost in it's, the Feywild a, or something. Yeah, yeah. It, the ethereal plane is kind of like a transition plane that you go through to get to other places, whether that's back on the material plane or trying to get to the the inner planes, the plane of fire and, and water, wind and earth. Also, there is, I think, uh, there are a bunch of demi-planes kind of hidden in the ethereal plane as well. I mean, there's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of weeds if you wanna. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like I'm pretty sure all of Ravenloft is in the ethereal plane somewhere. Yeah, but um, I think Harold, not especially. Um, I suppose, actually, a related question. How did Potentia feel about missing out on a quick trip to the ethereal plane? I think she would probably have more interest in the ethereal plane than the other two as a person. But unfortunately, she didn't get to go there. So... Unfortunately, uh, you passed your saving throw. (laughs) How dare I? How dare I make there be a way for us to get back? Um, But, yeah, no, so I think it's a bit... uh, I don't think she really thinks about it as having missed out, but rather that like bummer <laughs> like you know it, it, it there's there's not a lot she could say or do she successfully didn't do a thing that was bad for argument's sake like yeah yeah and at the time you know obviously it was um a bit more stressful than sort of someone who might have a particular reason to go there um, yeah, you know, like it, I think it would be a bit different if we were on some quest to retrieve someone's like lost soul or something. Um, but I think from a curiosity point of view, there are other planes that Harold would be a lot more interested in for sure. Um, so for Potentia or Kate, I suspect we're not going to get an answer to this one, but um, <laughs> you said that Potentia has lost her familiar before, but never like this. How has she lost her familiar before? And also, is Ramona the name of all her familiar forms or just the owl? Um, in short, she's been a wizard for a while. She's done a lot of traveling. There are ways that things can, uh, can be lost uh, also, she has a sibling, so, you know, there's a really easy way to, like, annoy your sibling, and that's to poof their familiar out of existence. Um, but I think 
she's probably dismissed it a number of times as well because as we know when she arrived in Feromasters she didn't have hers if we go back to some conversations that were had mm-hmm. with her supervisors so um that's you know just travel and, and things like that as to naming um I haven't thought too much about it I think Ramona hello hop um I think Ramona is probably is probably the name of all of her familiars. It may not have always been the name of all of her familiars, though, because I feel like that's a tricky word for a small elf to say. Hmm. Um, and I say small rather than young because young is relative. Um, yeah, so I don't think it is when she was little, but I think it probably is now because it's highly likely to have been an owl for a long time, mm. just from a travelling perspective even. Um an owl can get places faster than a lot of other familiar options she has. And, you know, some of the smaller ones just don't seem that appealing to her. I don't think she has a frog familiar or a rat. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a newt is just of limited utility, I think, uh, a lot yeah, of the time. I think, I think Tiny potentially probably had a cat on the end of her bed kind of deal a bit more often than uh, than an owl. But, but yeah. I mean, owls are just flying cats in many ways. Yeah, not when there you are, not when you like there are owl cafes. Not when you there are like, owl cafes yes, in Japan. Um, the way there are cat cafes. Yeah, I mean owls are cool until you like um, until you like lift the feathers and you see their gigantic legs. Yeah, as someone who works in a museum, all I'm going to say is taxidermy owls are weird. Mm. They're cool, but they're weird. Mm. So yeah. So Harold has made some progress towards solving the mysteries of the sword that Faustus sent him. Uh, does he hope that solving that might lead to a clue of where Faustus is? Um, well, firstly, I don't think we've confirmed that Faustus sent it to him. I don't remember, Ben. Was the Did the note say Faustus? You, you're pretty sure it said Faustus, mm. but you're not. Like, there was no note. It was just mm. kind of like the, the, the from was from Faustus yeah. but it was too the package was too damaged yeah. to, to get most most of the detail coming. yeah so um yes um Harold definitely obviously is hoping that um it might sort of lead to where Faustus is um you know most people at this point would assume that Faustus is dead it's been I think about five years since he disappeared um and obviously, Harold does not have that opinion because every time he goes to the guild hall, he tries to find out if anyone has heard anything. Um, so obviously, in Harold's mind, I think Faustus was too skilled to, you know, like in his mind, Faustus is this amazing adventurer that couldn't possibly, you know, like whatever happened, he's working through it somehow you know i don't think in harold's mind faustus would let himself get killed on on an adventure um at least at least um at least like superficially he he believes that you know uh, i think deep down he must have some recognition that adventurers get killed all the time but it's like one of those things you know where you when you don't want to believe a certain thing you just uh you just choose not to believe it and so in Harold's mind of course Faustus is alive somewhere you know it's just a matter of time until his whereabouts are found so um and and yeah I I, I think 
the sword represents two things though i think for harold because he obviously on the one hand he's he's hoping that by following the sort of the trail he might find faustus but also um you know the sword seems to have chosen him and um i think he has just as much curiosity about what sort of more secrets lie in the sort of the constellations um and yeah obviously we're gonna see we're gonna see sort of more of that pop up um as the game progresses which i think should be should be interesting um so did harold have a backup plan for fixing his roof if he couldn't find someone that knew mending I mean, yeah, he was just going to chuck money at the problem, <laughs> essentially. Um, obviously, uh, it's not as uh, quick and convenient, but uh, he would have found uh, someone like a Thatcher, you know, to to come and actually um, fix the roof. He has no chance of fixing it himself. He wouldn't even know where to start, uh, you know, with a, a, a hammer and a set of planks and nails and thatching and stuff. Yeah, he's just not... He's so far Not away that from that inclined. world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he did just he just would have chucked money at the problem. And I, I, I don't know how long it would have taken him. I mean, I suppose, I suppose without other things happening, he may have like let it slide for a couple of nights, depending on the weather. But um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Uh, he just needs to learn Tiny Hut. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Not a hole in the roof. It's a temporary skylight. Yeah. <laughs> so this question... Please, oh, you uh, I say, please don't say that to the people who, who deal with hailstorm damage on a regular oh, man. basis. Yeah. Yeah. That is a Great storm of Perth 2010. Yeah, that's, that's a big problem oh. in Australia, actually. Uh, yeah. uh, so this one is for everyone. Usually when you hear the words roll for initiative, you tend to think... Uh, more towards combat-oriented actions. When the initiative was called for the ghost student, was there any temptation to try to fight it rather than talk them down like you did? So that, I think, is a question of metagaming. Because as players, as players, we hear the words roll for initiative and that signals to us things that are happening are now time-sensitive, right? You know, each yeah. round is supposed to take about six seconds. And what that does is put a timer on. But our characters don't know that. And so... Yeah, yeah I think that's the difference, is that I don't play Potentia to... Um, I mean, I don't play Potentia in a way that is combat angled anyway. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. a Same recent narrative. notable exception. Um, she's, I mean, she's a bit of a canon, but she's not... That's not her first... Mm-hmm. choice yeah, I, I think I when I sometimes I will say roll for initiative as a okay there is a time sensitive nature to what is happening here yeah and I want to also place some kind of order into who is taking actions and like what is happening next yeah. um, so that it isn't just people trying to talk over each other yeah. and I think that's that's often when we get it called as well and we kind of know that as players is that it's not it's that we're all trying to do stuff and it's too hard to keep yeah. Joe's brain Kate's brain and Ross's brain linear in the same direction all the time so and especially I'm, because we play online and so yeah. there are delays between conversation where yeah. if we were all in the same room we could physically see each other about to say something or you know 
talking feel it yeah yeah um but online it's much much more difficult because there's like just a fraction of a delay just between someone talking and someone else trying to start yeah yeah i think so i think we have also learned that over the course of the last year and a bit that there that that's not necessarily what that means where a lot of tables or other online platforms where you'll see D&D played they're either playing in person or their cue when someone says roll for initiative is oh no combat um which I don't think it necessarily is for our table so much yeah thing is with Harold is that he um in fact in fact we, we've seen this we've seen this several times now actually Harold Harold doesn't want to fight people. You know, he yeah. he tried really hard not to fight um, Dust of Chalk in the underlibrary. He spent yeah. a lot of time trying to convince him not to fight. Um, obviously, he was trying to settle down the ghost. Like, Harold doesn't... Harold sees combat as... Uh, Last resort. Yeah, you know, he sees yeah. that as a... Okay, well, I have to defend myself. Um, but he he doesn't want to fight people for the most part. Like... I think I think what that shows is that Harold has a sort of optimism about people that everyone is savable. And I think we really see that in the Spiders in the Underlibrary episode because Potentia's the one to start that combat, to drag the spider down. It's not the others. It's yeah. Burnett. Um, but that's... Yeah, I, I, I think... Potentially rationalizes her way out, and if she can't get out, she'll burn. She'll. I mean, half the time she burns stuff, but like that's mostly because she just happens to have a lot of combative fire-based spells at the moment. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's the plight of a yeah. early level wizard. Um, apparently, wizards isn't aware that other elements exist. Uh, <laughs> hey, I have tiny stabby things. No, no, I'm no, talking no, no. Wizards about of the wizards coast. of the coast. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 There's just not many ice lightning. Uh, I mean, there are, but it's more that it's not very good. They're not as, yeah, they're they're not as versatile necessarily. Um, Fireball is just so good of a spell. Woomph. I mean, and they knew that when they made it, but like even when when it's Firebolt, her like major combative cantrip, it's still fire based. Like, burn it, burn it to the floor. Also, with spiders, burn them, burn them to the floor. Yeah, no. I mean that's fair. Ah. But yeah, I think I think um, I think we try and separate the mechanics of the game from what our characters are experiencing a lot of the time. Yeah. So until our characters sense that they're in danger, they're probably not. Even though we as players realize that there's a there's a chance that combat is going to start, our characters need to have the in-world cue before. Yeah, they need to um, have a very good reason. Yeah. Yeah, I think a, a good example of that is also the the advancing down into the tea tea rooms with the fireball in the middle of the cafe mm-hmm. um, is a really good example of where none of us did anything. Mm. We didn't do anything, and then the place blew up. We yeah. could very easily have left and done something about it. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, because that's not that's not who the people are. I mean, it'll be interesting if that. Um, that event shapes that instinct a little bit going forward, but because um, I think yeah, there's definitely some of you, Harold in particular, like could see dust of chalk. I'm just going to say it now. Mm. Um, 
No, not Dutch chalk. Swift wind. Swift, 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 swift wind. Rain. Swift rain. Swift rain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think swift, I've said yeah. to swift chalk a couple of times too. Yeah. I, I, I always get that <laughs> confused. Yeah, so head. swift, swift rain approaching, and like, I, I, I very like I was very clear, like getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. You can see frustration building in this character, like the clenching fists, and just. You remained there, so he all of acted. us were like, "We're not giving him a reason to do something mm. right now." Yeah, we are not going to be the trigger. Yeah, for the approaching bomb. Yeah, yeah, which then exploded anyway. Mm. But like, we are not the people who instigate the fight. Yeah, and I think it's a really, like, really clear as well if you think about the kinds of characters that we have, even just down to race and class. Like, we yeah. do not have. There's no tank. <laughs> The fact that Potentia is the damage dealing right, weapon hysterical. in this, it's very and also I mean, wizards are, off, are often the damage dealing characters. But by all means, can be yeah, tanky, but they have by to be wild the, shaping all the time. And that's the thing. It's like by by the very nature of the characters that we've built, I don't even think that roll for initiative means the same thing to us as it does to a party. That so, like when when you say roll for initiative, and we're playing. Um, what did we decide they were called? The, the, uh, it's like Trillis and the, uh, the, the shut up and write crew. The shut up and write crew. So when, when we've been playing the shut up and write crew, that's the complete opposite reaction that I have because I am playing a barbarian. If you say roll for initiative, my brain goes, okay, so the first thing I'm going to do as a bonus action is rage because that's what I do because I'm a barbarian. Like, I know that that's the first step. She's not talking her way out of anything. She's hit, she, the very tiny forest gnome, is hitting stuff hard. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's a different instinct than our main campaign, I think, as well. Hey, hey, it's Kate here. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Dungeons & Doctorates. If you're enjoying the show, why not recommend the podcast to a friend? It really helps us to grow our audience. It's bonkers to me that it's not just our friends listening to us anymore. If you have questions for our cast about the show or a submission for a mid-show message, head on over to dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. You can also help support the show by checking out our merch over there or specifically at merch.dndoctorates.com. And for now, back to the action. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so this is another one for everyone. Um, I found the solo focused episodes as a great way to learn about the characters without spending, uh, without sending in a bunch of questions. Uh, how did you feel about doing these solo episodes? Will we see some more of these at some point in the future when they make sense to do? I mean, I loved them. They were good fun to do. It was a great way to spend time with each character one-on-one which we haven't really had a chance to do that much of when like because otherwise people are just sitting there quietly as like if i if, if ross and i are just having a one-on-one thing with harold like then kate and george just have to having to sit there and wait their turn la, 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 la. which i'm sure they don't mind nope i'll uh, take a break thanks but <laughs> it also means that like well i can just spend 40 minutes with ross and then 40 minutes with kate 40 minutes yeah. with joe just one-on-one to do their session um I think something to peek behind the curtain is I've actually not listened to the Ross, to the Harold and Meredith focused episodes deliberately because Potential yeah, doesn't know. Good. So I haven't listened. And that's, yeah. um, I think that's actually something else that's really nice is it gives us an opportunity to flesh ourselves out mm. without yeah. giving anything away. So I've said before and I'll say again that there's a lot of information about Potential that's not in the world 
because I'm a member of the 10,000 Word Backstory Club. Like it's, you know, it's it's all there. It's just we don't, it doesn't need to come out, so it doesn't. Um, and I think Ben has laid some tracks that will allow for some more um, one, like, single-person episodes. And I think knowing what Ben knows about what Potential's mindset is at the start of season two, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get some of those soon, even if just in just between, like, having a Potential-focused episode or in, in so much as we can, given what's happened. Um, and also a Meredith-focused episode based on a conversation that was had what her reactions and so on to that are. We are in some confined and quite closed environments for the purposes of that season so far, but that doesn't mean that those things aren't possible either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'd love to do more of them. I think it was good fun to do when it makes sense to do more of them. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what we'll see, you know, like that we, we reached a point where we sort of almost had to do these. I little... mean, we did like it was we, we the first time we split the party and did separate recordings was from a we had to because Joe had to leave and we mm-hmm. only had Ross and Kate. And so I did the the pancake um the five pies in the pancake episode with just Ross and Kate because Joe had to leave the recording set like session. Yeah. And so then I went, okay, well now I need to do one with just Joe. And then those episodes worked so well by themselves. I thought, okay, well, what if we do one now with just each of them? Because, you know, they've been through some traumatic stuff that I want to spend some time with them, flesh their characters out a bit more. And so, yeah, like it was, sort of by necessity that we did those episodes and they worked out really, really well. I think we also realised pretty early on uh, in the Halloween episode where we went to Harold's parents' place that we could do scenes that were one or two of the characters and an NPC or one or two of the characters and like, or, or like two of the characters together without needing a lot of plot driving stuff without needing a lot of other people's input. Um, be that if you look at people's co- like just little vignette conversations throughout that party, we knew that we could do that. And by knowing that, I think that then fleshes out the opportunity to have episode long versions of that. If we know that a short five or 10 works, odds on with a bit more planning or a bit more thought or a bit more context a longer one of those works too. Yeah, and I think the audience reception to that episode was was nice for us because, um, you know, I, I think while while we all love the game, um, I play in other D and D games. Um, I'm currently literally playing in a in a in an all kobold classic dungeon crawl. I I can I can play out the mechanics anywhere and I can play Skyrim or Morrowind or Dragon Age or whatever um, Elden Ring when that comes out hopefully Um, but for this you know the the role play is what we're really trying to bring and so that's that's knowing that the audience was on board with that I think was actually a bit of relief for some of us because like oh great we can Mm. actually you know we can almost separate the D&D from the like the D&D became a vehicle instead of 
I mean, we we kind of laid the groundwork with the supervisor episodes because yeah. I would record those individually with you all, and then I would stitch them together and bring you all back at the end of those episodes. Yeah, and so they were in many ways like the trial of okay, well, can we spend twenty minutes with just Harold? Can we spend twenty minutes with just Potentia? Twenty minutes with just Meredith, and then that became okay. Well, let's do a full you know 40 minute episode with just each of you yeah and i think I, I i rolled those into supervisor meetings as well so i think it worked for that as a, a okay yeah. let's check in with yeah because like harold and then meet your supervisor again can you imagine like going to a supervisor meeting and just being like hey these are my friends <laughs> yeah yeah but i do think I, mean, I do think we'll see more of those episodes uh rolling forward um when they when they make sense and i'm sure there will yeah. be points in the future where they do so yeah um i think uh, you should tune in for more of those uh what is the weirdest thing any of you have carried in your bag and i'm gonna start with me because sorry are we talking in game or are we talking in person <laughs> i will say because those I things are vastly different questions uh, harold probably has never carried oh. anything especially weird in his bag possibly some kind of biological like sample of some kind like maybe pond water or something you know like harold yeah for your undergrad harold is not an especially like like up until recently he's always fancied himself an adventurer he's never been one so like you know he like i say something like pond water for his undergrad is probably about as weird as it got for him because um i think actually ross if i could take for a moment if we look at the context of the world, the fact that you would have in your bag a deck of cards worth one month's like salary yeah. to somebody yeah. is probably quite weird. Yeah, yes. probably. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at my character sheet right now so that I can have this thought because I think I have... I, it's slightly tricky for me to answer this question because I don't want to give away stuff about Potentia's backstory in a The Common Room episode. I mean, you've got... I think... Probably just like the hand. The hand? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, or the finger in the yeah. jar is actually probably like yeah, from, a, from a, a game game perspective. I mean, yeah. Let me let me have a like moment to think while uh, Joe's talking, but that's probably it, unless I can think of anything I else. Mean, I think the weirdest thing Meredith would have in her bag is like a month's worth of food rations, right? But then that's not <laughs> weird for Meredith, so it's, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. It's not, yeah, but it's not weird for Meredith, but it's weird for other people. That's very which true. I, which uh, I was kind of getting at with. Yeah, with, that's very uh, true. Harold's deck of monster battle cards. Like, it's not weird no. for Harold, but it's weird for other people to have that in his bag. Um, I, I'll also throw in um, weird things that I've picked up along the way include Jelly's magic beads. Oh, oh yes. yes. Those are very And the uh, spectral grappling rod that I still yes. have from that first Halloween yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, cause as we have slightly established, Potentia picks stuff up and hangs onto it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I end up being Order the person with the weird. Oh, she's an elf. She likes cool stuff. Um, it's fine. Uh, but I think, you know, she, as I said, her apartment basically looks like it's from an Ikea catalog. She's got effectively a Calax bookcase full of weird things. <laughs> what do you want? Um, but I think, yeah, so I think she picks up a lot of the weird things in game, um, but because she was traveling beforehand, she probably doesn't have that much weird stuff that's moved with her a long way through the world. Um, but again, I'm not gonna 
I'm not going to say there isn't anything weird that she's picked up along the way mm. because, you know, Ben and I will establish that at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. And you aren't, like, you aren't a, a spell component wizard. You're a, you have a focus. So, like, focus, you don't yeah. have, like, a, a pouch full of, like, spider web and, and all kinds of bizarre things that <laughs> spell no. component pouches often do. I mean, I, I have a spell component pouch for the express, express purpose of, like, things I need to do find familiar as of when I need it. Yeah. And those things that are, um, that need to have financial yeah, yeah, um, yeah. weight, but... Yeah. Nothing super weird, I don't think. She's not that kind of person. I mean, Kespec's blessing is kind of weird too, if you think about it. Um, but, yeah. Lots of weird stuff. <laughs> She's the one with the weird bag. She's a wizard, what do you want? <laughs> Having interacted with many of its members and seeing the inside of the building, how does everyone feel about the Irregulars? Um, I mean, I'm happy to go first because I think... Knowing Potentia's background and the little bit that we do know, um, I don't think she likes them very much. She understands their purpose, but her family background and the kind of place she comes from, they would be a big no bueno, um, big no go. So I think she acknowledges that they are doing probably good work, questionably, but probably good work. But she doesn't like that that's how that work is being done, necessarily. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Harold has to have a slightly different view because his brother is sort mm. of connected with them. And, and I also think as well, you know, Harold is, is is someone who judges people on their deeds. And so far as Harold's concerned, the regulars have done nothing but good work with him. You know, like mm. Nikolai has shown up multiple times now you know any suspicion harold has has gone by this point of nikolai you know like he's not someone who's gonna um hang on to these ideas forever you know he was suspicious of him because he was a vampire but or su suspected he was a vampire harold doesn't technically know that still but he, he knows basically um but the fact that nikolai has consistently shown himself to be an ally is enough for harold and i think um until proven otherwise i think harold is probably perfectly fine with it you know he probably go he probably sees them as um you know just this weird bunch of underground people just helping out the city and and that's probably a probably it you know yeah i think meredith is pretty much the same i think she's got a bit of a love-hate relationship with the guard um because they arrested her mr red thing that was intensely frustrating yeah, um, the, the guards are, like, they are the lawful force. Yeah, the irregulars the are kind of a tiny bit different, right? Yeah, the irregulars yeah. can, they, they deal in much more shades of grey. Yeah, by their so nature, I think the she likes the irregulars yeah. a lot more than she likes the guard. Um, but, yeah. I don't know if she yeah. has, like, a, a negative or positive effect. Does that make sense? Like, they're just, they're helpful. Yeah, I think... It's, it's interesting that you say that about the guard because I think Potentia's probably more like, well, they're just doing their job about the guard. Doesn't like necessarily how she was treated by them, but like understands them a bit more than she does the purpose of having a team like the Irregulars, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, I think because the Irregulars yeah. are a little bit more like... They're like, a, they're like a city-funded adventurer's guild. Yeah, almost. like Meredith, I think, can kind of get behind that because they're operating shadows a little bit. 
It's also the small ta- small town vibes, man. Yeah, like, absolutely. who's our police force? I don't know. The baker? Uh, um, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, this dude who's definitely not a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. So sus. <laughs> so sus. Uh, so what did you make of the Furimustus public underground library? Could you see your characters oh. making use of it in the future? I loved that idea. I thought that was so great. I don't know... And yeah, I can absolutely see Meredith going down there to use it if she needs to. She, Kate, yeah. the player, brilliant idea. Potentially the character. Oh my god, what are you doing to my books? <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, I think Meredith yeah. really enjoyed the chaos. Very internal. I mean, it's because oh. it's so chaotic. Yeah. the whole idea for it so is because books in fantasy settings are always these very valuable things. Yeah. And an average person doesn't usually get huge amounts of access to those kinds of, like, that kind of knowledge. And so having an underground community library, <laughs> um, like a, a literal underground yeah. library. So good. It's, it's actually, it was a really interesting episode for Kate the player because um, I'm about to cease being a student anymore because I graduate again. Woohoo! Um, woo, I finished my fourth degree. Um <laughs> But it means that I no longer technically have borrowing privileges yeah. at the university library. I'm like, but, but books, yeah. um, but potentially, yeah, I think it's that idea. Firstly, it's not organized. How do you find anything? And secondly, there's no, there's no like regulated airflow yeah. and like these books are going to degrade over time. Yeah. And like, what are you, no. not so much the access part. I think the access part is like, cool, more people get access to more books. Perfect. Great. But the, um, the like, how are you still no, no. Yes. Uh, uh. see I'm the daughter of a librarian so if it's not due decimal I'm like no 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 and if they're not being taken care of like personally the idea of the underground library makes my skin crawl but Meredith loves it <laughs> I think Harold uh, probably well Harold has two motivations now really at, at the, under li- uh, mm-hmm. the, the underground library um, his first reaction to it existing was probably amusement more than anything you know, because he hasn't had to think about who has access to books. So for him, it's just like, huh, a library in the sewers that anyone can access? That's funny. Like, he, he, I don't think it quite occurred to him how much of a service this this library might be to, to, to the city of, like, the citizens <laughs> of Furumastus, because he's a bit clueless like that. Um, but obviously, uh, he's strongly motivated to go back there now that he knows that there are potential secrets for him yeah. to discover. Um, and I imagine, talking about solo episodes, we might see something like that in the future. Um, I don't see Harold dragging the rest with him to something like that, unless they want to come. Um, can I Can I also just like add to my bit before where I was talking about if it's not Dewey Decimal, it's not... Uh, Dewey is very, the Dewey Decimal System is extremely problematic, and I do recognize that. That was more of a, yeah. <laughs> like, it's Some not organized. Order. Yeah. Or, or, Tru- organization truly the child chaotic. of a librarian. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> anyone who's ever interacted with the Dewey Decimal System oh, knows deeply, it's a garbage fire. Oh, deeply, deeply problematic, yes. But, anyway. I, I just, I feel like I should point out, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Before the just, comments just start it. rolling in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, I mean... <laughs> Dr. Joanna Howe's massive advocate <laughs> of the decimal system. Yeah. 
But yeah, um, we'll definitely see Harold return there, um, unless he dies yeah. uh, before. He I mean, how? Don't even joke about it. Uh, Potential would probably go back. It's just a question of whether she'd like be happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine potentially might only go there if she ha- feels the need. I mean, that's my reading of. Oh yeah. You know. Or like needed to get a book out again and probably return it to its rightful library. But like you know. <laughs> yeah. I need access to the book. I'll just return it to the correct place instead. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, why did Harold decide not to loop Potentia and Meredith in on the plan about Raffi deciding to disappear and make a new identity for himself? Um, I, is that too much of just like in-game spoiler? I'm not going to answer this it, too much uh, because I, I think it will... Maybe it's better at the time. It will be, at it, the time, why didn't it, he do it? It will be interesting to, to sort of see how that plays out. Uh, yeah. But I... To, to clarify, we don't know how that plays out mm, yet. That's true. As players. No. So. Um, but what I will say is that, you know, Harold is very aware of Meredith's uh, opinion of necromancy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Harold is ready to test the friendship yet. Uh on making that decision. Um, and we'll see in the future if that changes, but that was his primary motivation. As for Potentia, um, I mean, immediately, you know, he, he made a promise to Rafi, you know, he, he promised that he would help Rafi disappear. But I, I don't want to say anything else because I suspect that Things I suspect this game. will come out in the future. Mm. Yeah, I, no, knowing the little bit that we have recorded for the start of season two, yeah. I suspect that this is not a question we can answer right now in a way yeah. that is yeah. fair or ongoingly true. And also, I so just don't. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to <laughs> spoil some. What are probably going to be big character moments coming up? I yeah, mean, I, I I would encourage you not to because I think I, I I do think that there's some big character stuff that's going to have to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. pulling um, back one layer further to to myself, um, I intentionally created a big plot point in doing this. You know, yeah. like I I I I made a decision that I thought Harold would genuinely make, but Ross the player knew this was going to cause a lot of tension. Uh, because we're trying to tell a story, you know, and there, there, there's there's always this this push and pull between like you want to you want to tell a really interesting story, and sometimes that involves slightly pushing what your character might do. But in this case, I I do think genuinely, Harold would did what he did because that is what he would have done. It just happens that I as a player know that that's going to create hopefully some interesting storytelling down the line, but. You know, um, yeah, that's going to be a big plot point for season two for sure. You know, it, it is the it is a large elephant uh, in the room at the moment. So, yeah. So this is actually an interesting one for Ben. Um, how did Raffi find the Golem Shard piece? Does he often spend his time in the sewers of Firamastus under people's hands? <laughs> Which? <Yes. laughs> I mean. Yeah, I think we've established he, he that, he, though, he spends, that Yeah, he spends a lot of time in the underground highways of the city. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think he is definitely somebody that like, oh, shiny thing. 
Shiny moving thing. Interesting. All right, mm. what do I got? Uh, jam jar. All right, here we go. Scoop that up. Yeah. So if that's if if Raffi hadn't given it back to the party, would it have chased him instead? Uh, if if you hadn't convinced him to take, if you hadn't convinced him to give it to you, then the golem fight would have happened probably in the library or at the entrance to the library. Mm. Yeah, if memory serves, you were you were surprised with where that fight ended up happening. Yeah, I I, I was lining these things up. To, there, there was going to be a golem <laughs> fight. This, yeah. this is how I was planning on ending the season because I wanted that that resolution where we yeah. the big the big problem that happened at the start of the f- of of the show was the underlibrary with because that that's where like the big story started. Mm. And then I wanted to have some resolution to that. There is obviously still more ongoing, but I wanted to have some resolution to that and that the fact that you fought this golem again and again, I wanted there to be some resolution to that. And so I'm like, okay, at the end of this story arc, they are fighting, they're encountering the golem and how that encounter goes is going to have to shift based on what you all do. And then... And then I, I mean, did something he did not expect. <laughs> I mean, we, we ended up with a very, I think, a very cinematic, a very, like, great bits of storytelling, like running yeah. through the city, being chased by the golem. That was. I mean, in that regard, I just want to say um, that episode is probably the most well-produced episode we've ever put out. Um, the editing for it was really... So just to, just to sort of set the scene, we recorded that completely separately. Um, Kate recorded all of the stuff with Potentia and then knowing how that evolved because it kind of made sense Joe and I then recorded our scenes uh, yeah and I, I just used the audio cues from what was happening with with Potentia to like lead you and I I was hoping that you were going to take those leads and run towards Potentia and not be like oh we'll just turn around and go this way yeah see ya yeah, because <laughs> that fight would have gone very differently if you decided yeah. to do that. Um, so, oh, but in the boy. end, you know, it, it actually it actually turned out for the best because you know we we got to edit those sections together, and I spent a long time with the sound effects, uh, trying to like create a sense of tension where the golem noises would get closer and louder, and then then we'd pull back to where Potentia was and the golem would be slightly further away again until it was close to her. And like, I think uh, in the end that just turned out really well, you know, for, for the sort of end of season finale vibe, uh, the pacing really worked out well, just accidentally. Uh, and, you know, we recorded it the way we did because it just made sense for um, Joe and I to be out of the loop on what was happening when we couldn't see it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, We've we've recorded the show enough that we could probably have role played it in that way anyway, but it really did add a bit to the tension yeah. that we genuinely didn't know. And it you was know, kind of fun, hey. Yeah, I also think you know we were experiencing think- when you when you when you hear Ben say there is a big crash from over there. Joe we and I no experienced that for on. the first time. We don't. We had no idea what that meant. You know. So yeah, I think also it worked really well from my end to 
do that fight in one or do up to the point at which you guys rejoin in one go because it meant that I didn't feel like I got that rolling I'm still running I'm still doing this I'm still I'm making those choices at the speed at which the character was making those decisions rather than I'm doing a bit now I have time to think about what I'm going to do next while you guys do your bit and then I'm like I didn't have that time as a player which means that I made the decisions the way that I did and I think that's you know if anyone else is out there recording their own D&D podcast you know that is a if you've got something where you've got a party split like that it is not a bad idea to have those two things run as split until they rejoin because it does make a lot of difference from a player perspective to do it that way yeah certainly the sense of urgency you know um because we didn't know um yeah, yeah. you know it, it was like if we knew that she was okay we would have just been like la 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 <laughs> we can make Rude. up a little bit more time I think, no but I think you know what also, I mean right like that there's like have been if you if you kind of know what's happening with the other player there's a subconscious like meta gaming mm. like oh mm. I need to get back to them so I'm going to do the things that get back to them and you kind of like rubber band the players back together that way but if you don't like because Kate didn't know that Joe uh, potentially didn't know that that Harold and Meredith were going to arrive at that point yeah I had no idea when they were going to show up yeah if they were going to show up because because I hadn't recorded that yet so I didn't know when they were going to show up and so we got to a point where it kind of made sense but okay I think this is roughly when they're going to be showing up and I'll, 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 I'll splice the episode together so it makes sense yeah. Um, which I think was like, I, it felt like a risk, but I think it really paid off. Definitely. I don't remember because I don't re listen to our episodes. I, my computer does. I don't. Um, I don't know what time, like, what of that combat the others see before they start interacting with that combat. I have no idea what their experience of that combat was at all. We saw a little bit. Like we kind of, it was more like we we turned a corner and we took in the scene and it was like, ah! and then like. Yeah, I think I help. also like you saw yeah. like, um, you didn't see the boulder hit the, no, but the we ground, felt it. but you saw you felt it and then you saw yeah. like fragments shoot off into yeah, the air. Yeah, so we knew like, something was going on, but it was very much like a you turn the corner and see. It was like Gandalf fighting a Balrog kind of mm, situation right yeah, like, yeah yeah and we were like that is definitely <laughs> the image i had in my head it's the writers of rohan coming <laughs> over the yeah, thing yeah. being like ah oh, combat <laughs> crap um, basically so yeah you should go help <laughs> there was a lot of discussion mm. before that episode about how we should present it because we were like should we present all the pretentious scenes and then go back to harold and meredith and i, I think in the end like like ben said we just took a risk on something different that we hadn't really done before and I'm really proud of it. Like, I honestly, putting out that episode, I was, I was so yeah. pumped to like. I want to go back and listen to it. Yeah, like I, I, I've actually listened yeah. to the episode myself. I don't, I don't normally listen no. once they're released because one, I often listen when I'm mastering. If I edit, I certainly hear a lot of it. Um, but that episode, I, I listened to a couple of times just to make sure it really landed the way I thought it did, as a, as sort of, you know, based on Ben's edit and and my sort of sound crafting and. Yeah, I think I think it hit Based the mark. Based on the feedback, me. I think it landed. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> certainly, certainly, Twitter seemed to enjoy it, and I got yeah. some private messages from a couple of people being like, 
I have to wait? Yeah. <laughs> or or yeah, yeah. I'm really glad I didn't listen to the previous episode and got to listen to them back to back because I don't think I could have yeah, waited. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. 